Hey everyone, James here. I just wanted to set up today's episode of the podcast before we start. In the last episode, we said that we would be recapping Harley Quinn season one and two to get everyone ready for the season three premiere. Sarah and I sat down and talked all the way through Harley Quinn season one and two. However, the live recording of our conversation was over four hours long. So we decided we would break the conversation into two parts, one podcast for season one and the second podcast for season two. This way we can get some Harley Quinn recap content out to you faster so you can get ready for season three. But don't worry, part two of our recap will also be prior to the season three premiere. Thank you. And without further ado, here is part one of our conversation about Harley Quinn. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Keep Watching Podcast, where you decide what to watch so you don't have to. I'm James. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about Harley Quinn. Oh yeah. Sarah, how are we doing? I think we're doing pretty good. I'm excited to be talking about Harley Quinn today. Oh good, okay. <laughs> but also, I got some nice feedback this week from some folks I know who've been listening to the podcast. Ooh, nice, okay. So a friend of mine, she watched or listened to uh, the first episode and she said she loved it and it was exactly the podcast vibes that she needed. And now she like really wants to watch Heart Signal. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So I was like, here's the link. Go watch it. <laughs> she didn't mind us talking about episode three to start with. <laughs> no, she was, she was <laughs> down for it. I, I don't know. It just worked, I guess. Okay, cool. Uh, but then uh, another friend of mine said she just listened to the Food Wars episode. Oh. She thought it was she thought it was really funny and she said that my co-host's impish glee was unmistakable and it was like, yeah, he's been waiting to make me watch this show for a long time. <laughs> but yeah, so it's nice to uh hear that folks are listening and enjoying it. Nice. How's how, how are you? I'm good. Nothing nothing uh no, no no like good stories, but we did just release our Obi-Wan Kenobi finale debate podcast it was a spicy one i liked it. it was a spicy one and um one criticism i've heard for our show is that it's too long one person has told me it was too long and that's back when we were only on youtube and he's like i cannot keep youtube open all day on my phone put it somewhere else <laughs> well that was a legitimate complaint yeah yeah but yeah, if you don't like long ones, I don't know if the Kenobi one is the best option, but <laughs> I have taken that criticism mm -hmm. <laughs> to heart. But what we do is just like we pick a, pick a show, pick a topic, whatever, and we like prepare for like a week and then we sit down and we just have a conversation. And however long that conversation is, that's the podcast, <laughs> you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm not going to put like a timer on us or whatever. But just so people know that I'm doing, putting some effort into this, we talked about the Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale for the last podcast in real time was just under three hours. And I got it down to an hour and 50 minutes. That was a good job. Like, hats off to you. <laughs> That's the most I've ever been able to. I mean, that was like 35% was like cut out. Usually it's only like 20%, I would say. Mm. So I stepped up my editing getting rid of the word or <laughs> not bad content but it, it was more of like more of the same so i didn't want to I, I didn't want it to drag out for people yeah i think you did a great job on it i enjoyed listening to it 
Good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad that we liked it. <laughs> At least. Um, if it was too long, too long didn't listen for people. Mm-hmm. Let's um let's just give our official like recommendations for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yours yours is pretty simple, right? You just liked it. I liked it. It was great. Go go watch some Obi-Wan. Okay. And if you didn't listen to the podcast, I enjoyed episode one through five. With some caveats. I, I yeah. I was being I was being overly harsh, but yeah, there there's some silliness, but I liked in general. If like the show if the show was just episode one through five, I would have liked the show as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um but I did not like the finale of it and it kind of made the whole show kind of bad in my opinion. But I would recommend either watching episode one through five or maybe just watching episode six and just pretending that like all the bad stuff with Obi-Wan just didn't happen and then you just get to watch like a cool lightsaber fight at the end if anybody takes either one of these options you need to let us know because this seems so <laughs> absurd to me i don't think anyone would ever do yeah it. nobody's actually gonna do that but i just wanted to say just to put a bow on this watching them together felt like eating squid tentacles with peanut butter oh <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry that you had that experience <laughs> And for those people that don't know, that's a reference to our Food Wars episode, which if you're a too long didn't listen person, I think you only have to listen to like 10 minutes of the Food Wars episodes to get that reference, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's early on in the show. And okay. also to get how I feel about the show. Yes, true. <laughs> Sarah didn't hold back right from the start. Yeah. Okay. That's all I have for check-ins this week. Do you have anything else as far as check-ins go? No, I'm just real eager to get into talking about Harlequin. Oh, well, hold your horses. Oh. Because, well, before we start talking about specifically Harlequin, I wanted to know what's your background or history with the DC universe as a whole, all the DC content Ooh. that has been available for our lives. Um, Growing up, I really liked Batman. I had the Batman 90s cartoon, which was solid enjoyed that um i enjoyed many of the movies um the past couple years where they started putting out all the movies with all the people to bring together have mostly fallen flat for me the wonder woman movie was great um i cannot get into superman he is boring he's a boring paladin and there's nothing compelling about him for me at all i just can't do it Mm -mm. um yeah Easily, Harley Quinn is the best DC content, though, I think, that's been put out in this this oh. push to do all the things. I'm sorry. I'm going to spoil it right now. It's amazing. No, 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 no. I, uh, you beat me to it. I was going to say that first. <laughs> <laughs> I should have let you go first. Darn it. Well, there you go. Yeah. You can say it again, though. I'm going to say it again because I'm going to say some things that <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm gonna... <laughs> all right. Hit me with, with your, your DC history and feelings. Okay. Um, I... I feel like I know a lot about DC content and I honestly just like could not tell you why. <laughs> like <laughs> I it's I guess it's just so popular that you just like absorb it at some point. Um yeah. but growing up the VHS we had was the Batman movie with Catwoman and Penguin. Ooh, nice. Which weird but good. Yeah, it as like a kid I feel like it was like okay, this is too creepy. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I there was definitely like an age where I was like that I was like scared of that movie a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um and then I definitely saw like the other iterations of that generation Batman, like the mm-hmm. 
Riddler and Two-Face, and then Mr. Freeze and Ivy. Mm-hmm. And I think those are considered worse, those two. But, like, I, <laughs> I, they're, since they're less, like, dark, I guess, and, like, Mr. Freeze is, like, so ridiculous of a character, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's actually really funny. So I kind of enjoyed that one. <laughs> um, but then um, when we were talking about uh, Marvel stuff with the Miss Marvel episode, Mm-hmm. I said I when I saw the Spider-Man um Spider-Man No Way Home movie, yeah. like I left the theaters being like, okay, this is the new best movie I've ever seen. Right. When I saw The Dark Knight in theaters, that was another point in my life where I left the movie theater saying, that, okay, that's the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. And then when I got maybe when I was like in college or like like late high school or something, I did play some of the Batman games, Arkham games. Oh, yeah, those are pretty good, too. I think I played Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. And I think that's where I really got a lot of my knowledge, especially, like, Batman-related content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a whole bunch of extra characters in there. And I I think I must have watched at least a little bit of, like, like the Batman animated series and other, like, Justice League series at some point Mm -hmm. in my life. But I didn't watch it, like, episodic. I just caught them, like, here and there. Right. But, yeah, I know enough. To be able to watch Harley Quinn and like appreciate all every character that's in it, because like I'm I'm at least a little bit familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What about um the more recent movies? Have you enjoyed them? The all the Justice League stuff. Oh, I did want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I would say the thing about DC, if if you want to like get into how DC kind of does its stuff versus Marvel, is that DC is just like it's a little too serious for me most of the time. Yeah, I agree. Whereas this Harley Quinn show is not serious most of the time. <laughs> uh, it's mostly a, a comedy. Um, so I actually did like um, Aquaman, but it was more of just like the visual of like the underwater fights that I found good. Visually, it was pretty cool looking. Yeah. Story-wise, eh, whatever. Fishman fights fish people or whatever. Yeah. And I think I appreciated that Aquaman was actually like a little bit funny in that. Because he's, mm-hmm. kind of, he's kind of supposed to be, like, a meathead a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but it, it, they made it, like, funny, which I liked. And then, um, yeah, Wonder Woman, I think we saw that together in theaters. And you were, like, hella hype after it. I thought it was good. But um, it did, it had a lot of, like, the normal DC kind of. Uh, oh, yeah. Basically, like, gods fighting humans is, like, is like a lot of DC oh, content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she rolled through and destroyed all those soldiers. And they never stood a chance. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, for Wonder Woman, I, I wanted to tell the story, or it's not really a story, but um, Sarah and I have been part of, uh, in the past, these uh, these movie pools, movie drafts. So they're kind of like fantasy drafts, but for movies. And the way they work is like you get like $20, and then we like auction draft off all the movies that are going to come out that year. And then it's whoever gets like the best domestic box office sales for the movies that they get with their $20 is like the winner. The uh, dark times have kind of derailed that whole situation, but we used to have a good time with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one year, the year that Wonder Woman came out, Sarah got that for like a steal, I guess. Nobody thought she got it for a steal, but she did. Because I, I guess the 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 world was just really thirsty for like a, a female superhero lead. Everybody underestimated the Ladybugs. The Ladybugs took me to victory that year. It was amazing. I bought myself a trophy. Well, I bought everyone a trophy, but we didn't have one before then, and I bought it so I could slap my name on it and be like, yeah, Ladybugs. (laughs) It was great. 
Yeah, yeah. And you're the only lady that's part of the draft. <laughs> so yeah, you had true. the leg up on the uh, the inside look on that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. One the I think the Wonder Woman DC movie is like the only one that absolutely just crushed in the box office. I think I want to say it was number one in the U.S. that year. Yeah, it might have been. It did really, really well. Oh, do you want to talk about the second Wonder Woman movie <laughs> real quick? Oh, I don't <laughs> like the second Wonder Woman movie at all. First of all, the '80s not my jam. Just not a good aesthetic for anybody. <laughs> and then it's just it's deeply problematic like her dead boyfriend takes over the body of some dude and and shenanigans happen and that's not cool it's just oof and there are a lot of other like weird racial stereotypes that i don't like that movie it's not good and i wish it never happened let me give the main plot of that so basically chris pine who is steve something I want to say Steve Rogers, but I know that's not right. Not, that's not right, but uh, Steve Rogers esque, we'll say before, yeah, like without the superpowers. Yeah, Chris Pine is like the the male lead who's like Wonder Woman's boyfriend or whatever. He actually dies in the the first one, and then several years later is the second movie in the eighties. And there's like this object, I forget what it was, but there's some object that like basically you could make a wish on it and it would come true. You would always have to like give up something really important to you essentially in order for the wish to come true. So what I actually liked about this movie is that essentially Wonder Woman, who is usually like a god who can't be defeated, chose to like give up her powers to get her boyfriend back. But the way that Chris Pine comes back into the movie is that he, like, his, like, mind possesses the body of, like, some random dude. <laughs> he didn't need to do that. It's literally yeah. magic. They could have spawned him out of nothing, and then it wouldn't have been problematic. I think the idea is that, like, the object that you can wish on is kind of, like, trolling you always. Like, it, it never makes your wish actually, like, the best case scenario. Okay, yes, but never in the movie did she acknowledge that it was problematic. Like, oh, yeah, She yeah, only yeah. gave up on him because she needed her powers back to go defeat the bad guy not because she's like oh this guy really deserves to have his body and like agency back you're not gonna give her a, an emotional pass because she lost her uh, boyfriend and she's still dealing with that no <laughs> damn what? i mean it's been like 30 40 years since <laughs> he died it's fine 10 years you would understand though no not even that either like <laughs> it's not okay Okay. This is where I draw a line in the sand more morally. It's not okay to have your dead boyfriend take over somebody else's body. That's the hill I'm ready to die on, I guess. So yeah, didn't like that movie. That aside, <laughs> yeah. If, if if you don't get caught up in that aspect of the movie. It's still not great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super weird, but I did like that Wonder Woman wasn't like a god the whole movie. I appreciated that aspect of it. Uh, so I, as far as like a DC goes, I found it to be unique, which I liked. Um, it wasn't just like godly people having godly fights with people, other gods or whatever, whatever usually That's happens fair. in a lot of decent content. It's also funny because it's majority of them are godlike figures. And then there's Batman whose superpower is money and mental illness. So yeah, it's right in somehow. And one movie that I didn't know what to think about it the first time I saw it. But when I saw it again, I actually decided I liked it was um, Batman versus Superman. I think i fell asleep in that one you fell asleep in that i don't blame you yeah there's there's some like weird stuff with like batman having these like dream visions and i don't know it doesn't it it seems very out of place and i don't know if they ever really circled back around to it but um very like serious bro is mad at serious bro and let them fight yeah it's just no nuance yeah i like the guy that played luther 
or I like the guy that played Luther in that, um, the Facebook movie actor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why I, I liked it. He like manipulates the situation to get Batman and Superman to fight each other, which I found funny <laughs> or impressive <laughs> or whatever <laughs> you want to want to call it. But yeah, I think in, in that one, it's the one where like Superman dies, quote unquote, I believe. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. the Justice League movie just like didn't do anything to me because ultimately like their problems got so bad that the only solution was I hope Superman comes back to life and then he came back to life. <laughs> so it's like, okay. I agree. Superman is like not the funnest aspect of DC. But the complete opposite of all that is Harley Quinn. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you, are you ready for talking about Harley Quinn? Yes. Yes. Okay. Please. The best of all DC content. Yes. <laughs> okay. First of all, let, let's start with a warning. Content warning. Oh, yeah, it is very adult themed. This is definitely a mature content show. There's a lot of violence and cursing, but it's animated. Yeah, a lot of animated gore. Yeah, I guess I think it's because it's animated is why I can watch it. Yeah. There's some like DC content that I just haven't watched because it's like rated R and I just know there's going to be something gross in it at some mm -hmm. point. Like I, I think I, I talked to you about how I tried to watch uh, Birds of Prey, which is a Harley Quinn movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Movie. Um, and there was like a moment, like five, ten minutes in the movie, I was like, uh, like something gross was about to happen. I just immediately turned it off and I did not finish that movie. <laughs> I did forget about that movie. That movie and the second Suicide Squad movies are good because they're fun shenanigans. Now, second Suicide Squad's rated R, so I think I also... Yeah, that one is also very gross. You will not be able to watch that one. Okay, yeah. But anyway, yeah, things get rowdy in this cartoon show. Yeah, Harley Quinn, mature content show, violence and cursing, but it's animated. Mm -hmm. So... I'm able to do it. <laughs> Sarah, do you want to give a high-level description of this show from your perspective? So we all know that Harley Quinn and the Joker have a terrible, dysfunctional, abusive relationship. She finally realizes that, sets out on her own to prove herself, and every step of the way, hey, surprise, sexism and dickbags, and she tries to reclaim her, you know, badassery. Like, that's that's the story of this. Okay. You really got into the story. I was more like, I was more thinking like the vibes of the show, but okay. Um, the vibes are female empowerment and fuck the man. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would categorize it as like, as a comedy that becomes a rom-com at some point. It's also deeply sad at times. Yeah. Like there are a number of episodes that just end with that one song and you're just like, it's time to cry again. Well, rom-coms rom -coms can be sad. Yeah, but this is, like, sad in a deep existential way, it feels. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You'll have to remind me of these points. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I say that, like, it has drama points. But I the drama that I'm thinking of are, like, my least favorite parts of the show. But I don't think I'm talking about what you're talking about. So you'll have to tell me when you thought it was crazy sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because there definitely are points, but I, I would categorize it as, like, rom-com moments. The ones that I'm thinking of. But, yeah. Definitely female empowerment is this show. And is this... Can I can I give a male perspective on this show? I guess. <laughs> is this a safe enough space for me to do this? Fine, sure. I'll allow it. I'm not actually going to be mean. Or too mean. <laughs> Sorry about this. There's, there's, like, an episode of the show in season two where they, like, cold open 
with like some nerd on a couch with his friend and the nerd on the couch is like complaining about the harley quinn show and it's like it's mm -hmm. a guy it's a guy yeah so the show is like very self-aware of its own critics mm -hmm. and is almost like trolling the critics of the show back mm -hmm. so i don't actually know if this is true but i would say that like this show doesn't have a large male audience i don't know maybe it does it has a large male uh, criticism, I would say. The critics of the show are male. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's probably the fair way of putting it. Yeah. So my perspective is that I like the female empowerment content of this. And I would say like 99% of it is just female empowerment. But then what I don't like about shows like this that focus heavily on female empowerment is when they like cross the line over into like anti-men. You know what I mean? I don't think that this show gets there. It is anti-specific men and anti-patriarchy, yeah. but not like a no men ever. Yeah, I guess I can't think of a specific thing. I, I guess I left that like 1% open. So there, there's like, there's situations where this show is like not doing the male characters of the show any favors, you know? We'll get into it, but a lot of the characters in the show are villains, mostly villains in the show. And most of those villains are male. When those characters are getting shit on, it's like, yeah, they're terrible people. <laughs> like, they deserve it. But there is an aspect of this show where, like, characters like Batman and Gordon and Superman and Aquaman are also, like, kind of the butt of jokes in this show. Yeah, but, like, in the same time when, like, Superman and, like, Justice League bros are the butt of jokes, Wonder Woman is there and she is also the butt of those jokes. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I could see if, like, you're a man watching this show and you're, like, really a big Batman fan or Superman fan or something like that, and you see, like, how that character is treated, I could see that as being, like, oh, I, like, not appreciating that aspect of the show. But that was the only thing that I would think would be, like, a legitimate complaint from male perspective. Well, here's something I'm going to throw out. This is a show you have not seen because it is super gross and you should never watch it. But The Boys is a show about superheroes where they're not existing superheroes outside of this show um and it's based on a comic um but there's clear parallels like the main guy is very clearly your superman-esque character and the entire premise of that show is you get a certain amount of power and then you become an absolute dipshit and you're a terrible person and it dismantles that whole like superhero convention vibe i would argue that some of the guys that complain about Harley Quinn don't complain about the boys because it's not done. Like there's no like lead female character that's doing the shitting on all the guys. Like because the basis of Harley Quinn is about female empowerment. That's where the problem comes in. It's not necessarily the shitting on these strong man characters. It's the fact that there's a woman is the focus. Maybe. Yeah. And if that, if that's the perspective, I don't, I don't agree with that. What I was going to say is if you look at the big picture throughout history in film and television, women usually get no favors <laughs> done to them. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, so, yeah, I appreciate and it's good change to see and makes a show unique from that perspective. And I would encourage any guy who might have shied away from watching the show because you heard of about whatever someone told you about what the show is about like i would just say give it a chance and don't get caught up in that aspect of this don't make this show all about that you know because <laughs> it's really funny good content oh i wanted to ask you like 
I, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with like other animated series in the DC universe. Are, are they this funny? They're not, right? Um, They're more serious. I mean, I can't think of any of them other than 90s Batman, and it's been a very long since, time since I've watched the 90s Batman cartoon, but that was funny, but not like this kind of funny. Okay. In my head, like, there's nothing similar to this when it comes to the comedic aspect in the DC uh, yeah. world, but I could be wrong. I would agree. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend the show. And like I said, this is the best DC content I've ever, I've ever seen. So yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely not poo-pooing this show. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to, I, I could see where somebody could get irritated with it a little bit as well. I wanted to say. Oh, I would say if there's anything similar to this, it's the Birds of Prey movie, um, Suicide Squad, the second one. And also uh, that one. They made a show with John Cena's character from the Suicide Squad in it. Mm -hmm. And that has a similar ridiculous funny vibe. Okay. Things are over the top. Can I watch that John Cena show? Or is it gross? I'll have to look some stuff up on the internet. It's been a little while. There might be some gross stuff. I mean, there is a lot of John Cena's underwear, which I didn't really, did not vibe with me. But that's not what you're talking (laughs) about. Uh, I mean, I can handle John Cena in his underwear. That's not a (laughs) issue. I'll look it up later, and I'll let you know. Okay. But okay. Do you want to say anything else against what I said? Do you want to bury me? It's okay. Don't hold back, Sarah. I mean, at the end of the day, you said, hey, dudes, watch the show. Like, I don't think you said anything. Okay. And, like, the part where it does, like, shit on a lot of male characters, like, that's because what has DC provided us with but a lot of male characters? Like, so if Harley Quinn's gonna shit on anyone, it's gonna be dudes. Like, can you think of a female villain in DC, in, in Batman, that is not in this? Oh, yeah, there's, like, there's, like, no representation. <laughs> there's no equivalence of representation. I, I'm sure this is not true, but it's got, the, all of the main female villains are in this, <laughs> like... We've accounted for them already. Oh, we're gonna get into this. I like there are so many characters in this that I was like, is this a real character? And then like I looked it up <laughs> and I was like, oh, it is a real character. <laughs> There's still a couple that when we get to them, I'm gonna ask you if you know if this is a real character, or maybe we'll have to look it up <laughs> when I ask. Okay. All right, so let's get into the actual show. Can I start? Yes, please. Okay, opening scene of this show. My God, is this show <laughs> in your face to start? <laughs> Holy crap. And I, and on this rewatch, I forgot how violent this show was. Oh, yeah. And, like, how much, like, swearing is, like, in the very mm-hmm. beginning of the show. Now, th- there's definitely still violence and swearing throughout this show, but it is, it is hella aggressive in this first scene. They wanted you to know what you're in for, so you had a chance to back out. Yeah. It actually reminded me of, like, the Food Wars strategy, where <laughs> they very much <laughs> told us what that show was going to be in the first like three minutes essentially mm-hmm. so yeah the show starts and harley is like on a yacht somewhere with a bunch of rich or a bunch of like rich guys are having a celebration because they just got a bunch of money by screwing over poor people or something which is like literally what they say yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh harley like shows up and he's gonna she's gonna like rob them of the, all the money She's like cursing at them like crazy in the very beginning. Like she's so yeah. aggressive. She's like pulling off this job by herself. But then one of the rich guys like turns out to be Joker. And this is kind of gross. This is probably the grossest thing in the show. He pulls off what you think is a mask, but it's literally a man's face that he's like 
hold on over top of his head. Yeah. And if this was live action, I'd be out on this show immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be very gross. Uh, like, I thought this was pretty gross just even for an animated series, but mm-hmm. I, I, I got through it. <laughs> <laughs> so right off the bat, it's like Harley was trying to do this by herself, but then Joker, like, couldn't help himself. And he starts, like, killing all these guys, like, for Harley, and Harley is not appreciative of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like she had a plan, and she's like, you weren't supposed to pop out yet. You weren't supposed to shoot them yet. And he's like, I just gotta do my thing, baby. Like, chill. Yeah. And she does not appreciate that. Yeah. And then uh, Batman shows up, and Joker is basically going to, like, leave Harley behind on purpose. To keep Batman busy so she can escape. He can escape in his submarine or something. Yeah, and he's like, I'll totally break you out of Arkham, like, tomorrow. He's like, you're not even going to spend a night. Oh, well, maybe one night. There's there's something I got to do first. Right off the bat, it's like, okay, Joker is not treating Harley the way that she wants to be treated. That's the show. But she is absolutely convinced that he's coming for her, that she's going to be fine, that they are meant to be together forever. Yeah, she's very much still in love with the Joker right now. Cut to a year later. She is still in Arkham. And it's been like cutting through like three months at a time. She's in there hanging out with Poison Ivy. And I think the Riddler's in there. And there's there's a lot of shots of, of Ivy just being like, he's not coming for you. And she's like, no, no, any day now. It's fine. Ivy's trying to convince her that she's in a terrible relationship, but she will hear none of it. Yes. And uh, Poison Ivy is the best character on the show, in my opinion. Oh, she is really good. Oh, you don't agree that she's the best, though? She might be the best, but I get a certain amount of joy from Bane just bane is funny to me <laughs> like i don't like know a side like... character but yeah okay yeah. yeah yeah i'm gonna talk about all the characters i like when we get to them but yes okay um yeah like, ivy is like the show is mostly about villains and from their perspective but ivy is like the one or one of the only bad guys that is like kind of has a moral compass at least definitely from the beginning <laughs> oh yeah she's always saying like I mean, I'm just trying to save the environment. You can call it evil if you want to, I guess. But yeah. She's, she's like, I'm not a villain. I just care about the environment. She does categorize herself as an as an environmental terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there, Harley's been in there for a year, and ta- basically she's been talking to Poison Ivy, and she's trying to tell Harley, like, the Joker's terrible. Why are you still with him? And she's like, no, no. He's just, like, caught up in something. That's why he hasn't broken me out of Arkham mm-hmm. yet or something. But then finally, she gets broken out of Arkham by ivy yes i have something in my notes about like she's going through these like flashbacks of how joker like proposed to her is that what it is yeah this whole time when they're in arkham she's like we were on this rooftop and there were you know a string quartet and he said you know till death do us part and gave me a ring like she keeps you keep seeing this flash of this by the end of this episode we find out that is not what actually happened she is like remembering things through crazy rose-colored glasses yeah somehow her memory gets jogged and she like recalls what actually happened and when joker said till death was part he was actually like looking directly at batman in like the background yeah because at the end of the day batman is his soulmate like that's the only person he cares about so this is like the first moment where harley kind of starts to wake up on the joker a little bit and then she she actually proceeds to, like, break up with the Joker after this, right? Yeah, they head over there, and she's like, this is ridiculous. Like, you didn't come for me. You don't care about me. This is over. And he turns around and is like, oh, but I I was just keeping you away from me to keep keep you safe. And 
she falls for it because she's in a really toxic relationship and not really ready to face it. And so they get back together for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. Not very long, though, because I didn't write down any notes in between <laughs> this point that you just talked about. Basically, they get together, she bakes them a cake, and then <laughs> they're about to break up again. Yeah, they like they almost immediately break up again. Um, they break up, but then Joker does like the dick move thing where he like tells everybody, all the other villains, that he broke up with Harley. So Harley becomes like, I don't know. Basically, Harley gets no respect about the whole situation from all the other villains. Well, she never got any respect to begin with. But, like, the thing that really breaks them up is that, like, Ivy orchestrates this event where the Riddler has captured both Batman and Harley and has given the Joker the decision of who to drop into acid and who to save. And he's like, well, it's no question. Save Batman. (laughs) And so she gets dropped into acid, which turns out to be Margarita Mix because, you know ivy set this all up to like really wake her up and at this point then harley goes back and like destroys his base like a badass because she says he's she's done and he's like well then i guess i'm gonna kill you but then she like killed all his goons and destroys his uh entire base and it's pretty great yeah i forgot about that riddler stuff that was that was pretty <laughs> funny <laughs> and yeah she started this episode in like the 90s batman like harley quinn um outfit and by the end of it she looks like suicide squad harley quinn you know with the pink and blue hair and the the short shorts and she's got a big baseball bat much cooler much cooler now yes this is the harley you want to see then the next few episodes i would say are they're kind of like incremental steps into like harley becoming her own villain right so in this in this next episode she decides like her short-term goal is like she wants to get into the legion of doom with all the male villains just to like show them that she's on their level and and really it comes down to like convincing joker to take her seriously because like the only people he gives any amount of respect are the people in the legion of doom yeah yeah so she's still trying to like make joker feel shitty i guess yeah like she's out on her own but her world is still very much just about him yes so yeah the legion of doom is like all these bad guys in the dc universe I wrote down like a, like the guys that I noticed. I, I'm sure there's so many of them. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot. So the the main ones in this show, I would say, are Joker, Penguin, Two Face, Bane, and Scarecrow. Maybe Scarecrow first season anyway. Yeah, at some point, Mister Freeze. He's more of a second season character. He's definitely in the Legion of Doom or was in the Legion of Doom, right? Yeah, but he's just not as prevalent. Yeah. And then some other characters we know were in the Legion of Doom are Dr. Psycho, who I assume yes. is a real DC character, but I've never I'm not familiar I with guess. him going into this. Yeah. Lex Luthor, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And Black Mantis, which is like I believe is Aquaman's um yeah. Um uh, nemesis. Mm-hmm. And then in the first couple episodes, we get this guy, Zeus. I assume he's in there, too, but I'm not familiar with Zeus. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a ton of them, but those are just the ones I wrote down. Mm-hmm. I guess Kite Man's not in the Legion of Doom, but he is another villain, I guess. I don't Kite Man honestly, is real. I don't know what he does. Oh, really? Kite Man is a real thing. I, I Googled him, and things came up that weren't Harley Quinn related, so he's a real thing. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of sad. Okay. <laughs> Nightman is great. Okay, so here, so what happens is um, Harley's, I think, is one of the first steps she takes is she gets Ivy to come with her to crash Penguin's nephew's bar mitzvah. 
Yeah, but she just thought it was a Legion of Doom party. She didn't know that it was a children's party. So she comes in there like dressed up for a night out with a tiger. And is trying to be <laughs> like, look, I'm here. I'm awesome. And then it's a bunch of 12-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is where Ivy's going to first run into Kite Man. Who is, if you're not familiar with Kite Man, he's literally just a guy in like a green bodysuit. And he has like a button on his chest and then a big giant diamond kite comes off his back and he can fly around. And that's the extent of this guy. We assume he's a villain because he's hanging out at a villain party. But I never, they, they never tell us anything about what he does except his nemesis is Condiment Man. Yeah. And he also seems like a villain. So I really don't know what Kite Man's deal is at all. Yeah. Kite Man might be my second favorite character in the show. <laughs> After Ivy. <laughs> he is ridiculous and embarrassing. And so, of course, he hits on Ivy a whole lot. Yeah. And this is, I would say, this is actually one of the male characters in the show that the show does do favors for. Mm. Now, they make him like kind of douchey in the way he talks, but I think he's oh, hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would describe the way Kite Man talks to be like how you would talk with like, your bro at the gym like i definitely catch myself talking like this when i'm with my workout buddy <laughs> he's always like trying to take words and like abbreviate them like at one point he uses like sriracha packets to like blind somebody in the eye like later uh -huh. in the season he's like i i found some sriracha packets in my <laughs> like he he abbreviates <laughs> sriracha to sriracha like this is the thing that this guy does when he yeah. talks no, in the beginning, he's, like, kind of, like, he, he comes and basically he's, like, hitting on Ivy. And he's, like, doing it in, like, the, you know, the not appreciated way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't, how would you describe it? Well, like, he has no game, but he talks like he does. And, like, does not pick up at all on the fact that she is not interested and is just really cringy. Yeah. In general, so Ivy's character kind of is, like, she's a little weird, actually, in the beginning, in my opinion. But her, her character is essentially, like, she hates everybody because she's an environmentalist and like pretty much the world doesn't do anything to help that mm -hmm. but for some reason she likes harley they, they do a backstory later in like season two to like kind of explain it but i feel like she shouldn't really like harley either <laughs> in the beginning but so she's very out on this kite man guy like he just seems terrible but mm -hmm. through shenanigans that happen in the episode they have to like quickly go back to her apartment <laughs> to like to get an antidote to save the children at the party yeah and the only way to <laughs> yeah the only way to get there is like by taking his kite yeah and then he thinks that this is a date and like they get back to her apartment and immediately like he undresses and gets in her bed and she's just like what what part of this made you think this was what was happening and that's kite man <laughs> like in the beginning that's his whole vibe this is the worst of kite man but from this point forward I think Kiteman is actually really good. And he like, within the same episode, by the end, he actually starts like listening to what Ivy's saying and like learning and getting better as a person. Yeah. To the point that Ivy actually doesn't think he's terrible, like totally mm -hmm. terrible by the end of the episode. Yeah. Still super embarrassed by him, but willing to give him a chance. Yeah, I think that's more of like, she just doesn't like the way he talks, but there's nothing actually wrong with the way he's talking after he stops being like, just like trying to sleep with her. And that's all he's trying yeah. to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We get Kite Man. This is the Kite Man episode for me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Shenanigans happen. The theme of this is like, the other villains don't respect Harley. And that's like kind of what we get mm -hmm. more of this. But then the next episode is like, okay, Harley needs a crew. So this this is, we're building Harley's 
gaining power to become a Legion of Doom member. Yeah, and every step along the way, like, there's an agency for getting henchmen, and they're like, oh, wait, you're not with the Joker anymore? Then we don't have anybody for you. She goes to a bar for henchmen, and none of them will join her. And then, but some incompetent guy comes in. Maybe it was Kite Man, honestly. It was Kite remember. Man. It was Kite Man, yeah. <laughs> he comes in, and he's like, hey, I want to do a a thing or something i don't i don't really have a plan and and then all the guys are like oh yeah yeah sure let's go and it's very clear that it's just because she's a woman that nobody wants to like work with her yeah and so this is like where it really starts to settle in like sexism is a problem for harley and they also she also learns a story about the queen of fables who was once like a really evil powerful supervillain, but instead of just getting sent to arkham like everybody else the justice league turned her into a book which sucks yeah i think queen of fables is we'll get to her but i think she's like the only female character where they just like didn't do any favors for her like they just made her like the worst of the worst <laughs> like yeah, yeah. in terms of the villains they made her like mm-hmm. uh, you could call her badass to a degree but it, uh yeah we'll get to queen of fables yeah. um but I, I i wrote down the members of the crew let's go through the members of the crew these are going to be side characters but they're going to be in almost every episode because this is harley's crew and Harley's not going to get, like, normal henchmen like all the other guys have. Like, just, like, dudes wearing masks. Yeah, she's got, like, low-level villains. Yeah, she's going to get other villains that also aren't getting the respect that they think they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't... Well, Dr. Psycho. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Psycho is the first one that we get. Do you want to say anything about Dr. Psycho? Basically, he gets canceled and thrown out of the Legion of Doom for calling Wonder Woman the C-word. Yes. And then also his wife. So like when he's trying to do an apology, he breaks it out again. So clearly sexist, clearly has not learned his lesson, but has nowhere else to go. So he'll work for Harley and Harley has no one else to work for her. So she'll accept him for now. Yeah. Dr. Psycho is like the extreme like anti-woman character yeah. of this show, but somehow is able to work with Harley. And Dr. Psycho is a telepath, so he can like go into people's minds, read their minds, move objects with his mind, that kind of yes. stuff. Second person I have is Clayface. Clayface is uh the second member of the crew. I'm not really sure why Clayface joins other than maybe he just has nothing else to do in between auditions. I think Harley just gave him the time of day and he was like, "Sweet." Cuz Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> Clayface's whole thing is that he can transform into anybody and he can like change color too. So he can basically just look like anybody he wants. But what he really wants to do is just be an actor. <laughs> so, but he's not very good at it. He's like an over actor. Yeah, he over he over dramatic actor, but it's like every time they want to do a job, he like is workshopping like different characters that he's been working on that would help them in the job. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He he's another guy like I I'd categorize him kind of like ivy where like he's gonna do bad stuff quote unquote but like it's not really his objective just like be a bad guy he is just going along with these plans and it's not his main objective it's just to do bad stuff yeah Mm -hmm. and then eventually we're gonna get king shark who is just a shark that can walk around but also (laughs) he's a hacker at least that is oh yeah yeah he's the joined the crew is just he's real good with computers and he's a sweetie a pretty nice guy, but then like he has the shark thing where he, if he like smells blood or if he just oh, yeah. wants to, he can get like hella aggressive. Yeah, he goes full shark. But other than that, he's just like a sweetie. Like, you know, he's just nice. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to have a good time. And then 
Poison Ivy is around, but always says she's not in the crew. I would say she's in the crew. Yes, but if you asked her, she would say she's not in the crew. Yeah. Again, she categorizes herself as an environmental terrorist. Mm-hmm. She can make plants move around and do crazy things if you're not familiar yeah. with Poison Ivy. <laughs> and she also has a, a sweet talking plant named Frank for a roommate, I guess. And he's just around. Sweet is the adjective you're going to use. Well, not like, not like, I mean, it's it's like sweet. Like sweet. Yeah, yeah. Not like, oh, he's nice. (laughs) Just sweet. She's got a talking plant. This is cool. (laughs) And he's very much like, he gives me a little shop of horrors plant vibe, you know, like got that big giant mouth situation going on. Frank is great. (laughs) I like Frank. Frank is kind of like the character that like will like randomly interject himself into the middle of conversations. Like if somebody is showing is like hiding some sort of secret or emotions, like Frank will like call him out for it and stuff like stuff like that. That's Frank's role in the show. But he just lives in a pot and he's almost like Ivy's pet in a way, but I don't think Ivy would call him a pet. I don't know. I don't know why Frank exists. A roommate. It's a room. I get they like Ivy make Frank to be to have a friend. Like I don't That's even. A great question. I'd have no idea. Is Frank is Frank a real DC character? Is Frank the? <laughs> I friend? mean, this show is canon, so now Frank is a real DC character, whether or not he shows up in comics. <laughs> I'm gonna Google Frank the Plant right now. Frank the Plant. Frank the Plant. Okay, the images I'm getting for Frank the Plant are from the Harley Show, so I don't think Frank the Plant. <laughs> existed prior but hey he's here now baby like he's in the dc universe he's canon and then their landlord in the beginning cy cy borgman cy borgman who is like a guy in a wheelchair with like a giant middle arm but he's like their landlord so he's like he's like an old dude who is gonna have a lot of like old dude related jokes and he like used to be a spy and has done a lot of fucked up shit yeah it's his whole deal but now he's like up for adventure half the time. I'm not a big fan of Psy in the show. I, I don't know how you feel about him. I don't think he's like particularly funny. And some of the big moments in the show are this like he he's like a cyborg, but he has like some like crazy mechanical nonsense inside of him where like at some point he turns into like a full blown like monster truck. Yeah, yeah. He's he is a transformer. Yeah, I would say he's one of my favorite characters. And sometimes like before I did this rewatch i forgot he existed like he does not occupy a big part of my brain or heart but you said he is your favorite one of your favorite characters no he's not not Not. like i forgot he existed like he's just whatever him turning into like a transformer is like done in like a really Really gross gross way yeah like his limbs have to like detach from his yeah i i'm not i'm not in on cyborgman (laughs) did not need to be in the show for me personally (laughs) i mean i i'm just bare minimum amusement at his name Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good name. Good name. <laughs> okay, you mentioned the Queen of Fables. Yeah, when Har- Harley tells the sorry, Ivy tells Harley about the Queen of Fables in the context of like basically like women villains have this like ceiling where they're allowed to get to a certain point before the male villains or the superheroes kind of like rally against them so that they don't get any more powerful. Yeah. Than them, basically. Yeah, she, like, uses the Queen of Fables as a cautionary tale to be like, I know you're out here trying to do your thing, but, like, don't go too hard because it's not going to end well for you. Yeah. Ivy just kind of wants Harley just to, like, chill and just, like, help her with environmental stuff, I think is what Ivy wants in the beginning of this. (laughs) Yeah. But so now Harley has a crew. 
and now she thinks she needs she wants a nemesis because they're out doing heists or whatever but whenever they turn on the tv it's always batman and joker and she wants the attention so she thinks she needs a nemesis yeah oh one one thing before we get to that <laughs> i think I, I have no idea i don't remember how this actually happened but at some point she gets like a nuke Harley somehow like gets a nuke. Maybe after she gets a crew, they have like some sort of successful job. Yep. And her like big thing that she wants to do <laughs> is that she wants to blackmail this uh, Gotham so that they name a highway after her. Yep. And she accomplishes that shit. She sets a goal and she gets it done. She said, I'm going to nuke Gotham if you don't name a highway after me. It wasn't a big ask. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay, fine. But I think that like speaks to her character. Like at the end of the day, like, I mean, yeah, it is evil to threaten to nuke a city. But, like, she's just there for the shenanigans, right? Like, she doesn't actually want to nuke the city. She doesn't actually need to hurt people. She's just like, I want my name on a highway because that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I actually, we're going to get to an episode soon where I think it turns around. But I think Harley is, like, actually pretty unlikable for, like, the first four-ish episodes of the show. I, I'm sure you don't agree with that, but <laughs> I, I I think she... There's nothing like really endearing about her. Like she just smashes stuff and gets upset. And like she gets out of this relationship with Joker is like her only progress so far. But she's kind of like obsessive about things that don't really matter. And yeah, I don't know. I I think when I first watched this and when I rewatched it, I've had the same like the same vibe. It was like, oh, I didn't remember like Harley being this bad. And But then it gets to a point soon where I think it starts turning around. Yeah, Harley is making a lot of bad life choices. Like, yeah, 100%. But, like, her character is built in a way where I understand it. Like, she's going through some shit. Like, her crashing that party and just trying to show that she's good when she's not. Like, that makes sense. I get it. Like, that's bad breakup behavior right there. And she is, like, at the end of the day, like, not a good person. Like, she's literally a villain. Like, she's a bad guy, right? But she's facing, like, she's in contrast with a bunch of worse guys you know like the whole sexism of like her trying to find a crew and no one will work with her just because she's a woman like endears me to her more than the rest of them because the rest of them are being really shitty so like she wins just by like the contrast of everybody else is worse except like ivy who is just hanging out yeah i i guess what i was i was thinking is like okay, i I could, I could understand somebody watching the first like three four episodes of the show and feeling like wow i really don't like this harley character and the only thing that really is like carrying it up till now her character is that like yeah like she's being mistreated as a woman and it's like okay where is this going it's kind of like the intrigue to her but i don't think she's very endearing or relate relatable for me at least in early on okay you were saying harley needs a nemesis yes so she tries to get batman to be her nemesis High hopes here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she steals the Batmobile, but Batman just sends Robin to deal with it. And Robin is is ready. He's like, yeah, I want a nemesis, let's do this. And she just, she's like, refuses to fight him. She's just like, go away, you're a child. This is not happening. I will not have a child nemesis. Yeah, because Robin in the show is like 12 years old or something. <laughs> maybe a little older than that. Like Maybe, like I don't know. 14, maybe. Maybe. Know. Also, Robin in this show is Batman's son, I believe. I think this is supposed to be Batman's son. I'm not sure. But they do. I do believe they reference, like, another Batman at some point later in the show as well. Oh, yeah, another Robin. Sorry, yeah, another Robin. Yeah. Somebody had killed or something. I yeah. forget. Yeah. 
So Robin goes around telling everybody that they are nemeses. And she's like just trying to convince everybody that no, I would never have a nemesis who's a child. And I don't know, for me, it's like this is that standard story of like a guy going around being like, oh, yeah, I slept with that girl. And her being like, no, it didn't happen. But you can't get anyone to believe you. Like that's what this is trying to to mimic. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know if she really succeeds in this show in the end. Well, she does succeed in getting like Robin to admit on TV because there's some talk show host who loves to... I don't know. She had Robin on it earlier. Like there is a certain level of in this world, superhero, supervillain, like gossip is like hot news. Yeah. Yeah. And so she gets him to admit on the show that, you know, they never did fight. He's not actually her nemesis. And then there's a big fight where Batman shows up. And so she's fighting with Batman and she's like, yes, this is happening. But then the Joker is jealous and he shows up. And so then Batman and Joker fight because they are soulmates. Harley's real nemesis is Joker. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But she is not prepared to realize that or deal with it and she'll never like she'll never get what she's looking for through that. Yeah, she wanted like a classic bad guy nemesis, but yeah. the real nemesis I would say is Joker. Mm-hmm. All right, next episode. This episode is Harley needs a layer. Yes, because Cy Borgman wants to kick them all out of the apartment because they're causing a ruckus, something like that. Yeah. Oh, I think it's because King Shark counts as a pet because he's an animal or something. Like, that's his lame excuse of being like, I'm going to evict you. Yeah, this is this is the first episode where I was like, okay, I like this Harley character where it's going now. There's, there's actually some funny shenanigans in this where, like, they get, like, a box delivered to the, to the apartment. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of Suicide Squad t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, because they're trying to get her to join them. Yeah, this is a pretty good one. I think, like, King Shark or something, like, puts the Suicide t-shirts on everybody, so they're all wearing these shirts. Yeah, he thinks that, like, she got them uniforms, and he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. (laughs) And um, she has, like, an off comment that's just like, oh, they keep trying to get me to join them or something like that. Like, that's the extent (laughs) of it. But then something happens, and, like, Harley's, like, brain breaks, and she just, like, is, like, frozen in place. Yeah, she's having, like, an existential crisis because she doesn't know who she is. Yeah. So she, like, her body just, like breaks down and freezes and they decide the way to fix her <laughs> is to like <laughs> use dr psycho's powers to like all of them the whole crew is gonna like enter her mind <laughs> and, and fix her and fix her yeah but the way that this works is like they all like transport their minds into her mind and then all their bodies like just like collapse on the ground <laughs> well they all have these suicide squad and they all on. have the suicide squad shirts on <laughs> so cyborgman <laughs> comes in <laughs> Like, giving a tour to somebody to the apartment that he wants to give to. And, and he's just like, oh, no, not again. Wait, I have to deal with this. Goodbye. <laughs> and so, like, he's convinced they all committed suicide. Yeah, they all these, like, all these lifeless bodies on the ground wearing suicide squad shirts. Oh, so good. So he calls a friend to go then, like, get rid of the bodies. And he's going to, like, incinerate them in a pizza oven in an abandoned mall because why not? And so it puts, like, a timer on what, you know, they have to finish fixing her brain and get out before yeah before they don't have bodies anymore yeah and the the part of this that i liked in terms of progressing the harley quinn character is that she's kind of has this her origin story her mind is like in the beginning is kind of like this museum with a bunch of windows into different parts of her life and the one window that's labeled her origin story is like the joker pushing her off of a scaffolding or whatever in a chemical factory into like acid 
And that's when she became, went from Harleen Quenzel to Harley Quinn. But there's like a glitch in the image that she's looking at where you don't actually see the Joker push her in. It just kind of goes from her standing on the edge to her like falling. And she's convinced that he pushed her. Yeah. But then a bunch of mind shenanigans. Mm-hmm. As you do. It's entertaining on the way. Eventually they get to like this core memories thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she gets to like enter the moment uh, and relive it essentially. And what actually happened once she isn't seeing it through this filter is that she jumped into the acid on her own. So it's kind of this moment of her realizing that like, oh, I can't blame all like my issues on the Joker and I have to start like taking responsibility for myself and making myself a better person kind of, and not just complaining Mm -hmm. about the Joker all the time. So for me, that was the first big moment where I was like, okay, this character is going to start being something that I can root for, you know, (laughs) not just like complaining about the Joker all the time, smashing stuff. She starts to get better here. Like she just over the course of the show, like she works on her issues to some degree. And this is the point where it really starts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're going get to get out just in time before they're about to be like burned to death by cyborgmen. <laughs> but hey, it turns out that this abandoned mall makes for a perfect lair. So they just hang out there. So a bit, the, the abandoned mall will be the lair for Harley Quinn and her crew. All right, let's keep going. The Queen of Fables is going to get released. <laughs> and Harley's like really excited for this. They decided that, uh, what are they? They. The Justice League, like, traps her inside of this, like, tax book or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she's a talking book. She's a talking book, and because she's in, like, a tax book, she's, like, good at taxes, and she's actually, like, does people's taxes is, like, her job. But she is literally a book that can talk. But there, there, there's a ruling that this was, like, cruel and unusual punishment or whatever. So, like, she gets released from the book, but then immediately taken to Arkham because they're like, oh, well, you, you can't just be out and about. You're still a baddie yeah but harley has sort of like befriended her um since that episode where she got warned about her she went to meet her so she decides to break her out and they're gonna team up uh for a heist because again harley is still trying to impress the legion of doom and get in there so the queen of fables (laughs) i i believe this is also a real dc character right yeah it's too ridiculous not to be you know yeah she so she literally just like has this book storybook that she summons like classic like fairy tale creatures so like the three little pigs or the three blind mice yeah the big bad wolf and then she just like makes them like fight people for her or she uses them however she sees fit yeah in terrible terrible ways which we're gonna find out (laughs) none of them are sweet or nice and i don't know if they that's because that's how they started or that's what's happened since she makes them do terrible things yeah, but yeah, Harley doesn't isn't familiar with how the Queen of Fable operates. She just is a fan of her because mm-hmm. she's a woman. I I think is the idea here. But what happens is they're gonna do this heist, and like they're like sneaking in, like some from some like back tunnel way. But there's like this family reunion for these like random people that is happening right where they're about to like enter and they kind of get seen mm-hmm. and Harley's like, Oh darn, we should leave and try something else. Cause they saw us. But queen of fables like, no, keep going. I'll take care of it. So they go do the heist. But then when they come back, like the queen of fables has like summoned the big bad wolf and the big bad wolf has just absolutely murdered 
every single person in this, fa- it's this a family. It is terrible. Massacre. It yeah. Is, yeah. It is awful. Well, <laughs> it was gross. And she's just like sitting on maybe a pile of bodies. I don't remember, but that's how I'm envisioning it now. Just like, oh, yeah, I did this. This is great. Yeah. Can't leave any survivors. <laughs> yeah. Because her line is, uh, oh, you got to kill the bloodline so that nobody seeks out revenge on you. <laughs> Like, it wasn't good enough just, like, scare them away. She was like, no, I have to kill every single member of this family. That is, it's, it was it's a terrible. large family. Yeah. The Queen of Fables is ter- as bad as it gets. Like, she, <laughs> I think she's actually worse than, like, every villain in this show. Yeah. Yeah, she's terrible. And this is, like, where we start to see a line between, like, Harley, who is like, oh, yeah, I'm a badass, I'm a villain, and, like, what actual evil is. Yeah. And this is actually a very good tool, I would say, where, like, you you kind of grabbed onto it in like the first four episodes where like okay Harley's not great but relatively to these other people she's mm-hmm. better which wasn't good enough for me at the time but now that we got like the last episode where we got to see her backstory a little bit and then on top of this now they're like they really bust out like the worst of the worst and you get to compare the Queen of Fables to Harley and it's like okay Harley has a line that she will not cross and this this Queen of Fables person does not so there's like the, another like a redeeming moment for Harley here and so she tries to like tell the queen to go away and be like I'm gonna take care of the rest of this on my own and she's not happy about it Harley basically creates a, an enemy out of the queen of fables yeah. from this yeah. is the is the idea there was also a point where she actually had the opportunity to kill the queen of fables but she chose not to and the queen of fables is like well you made a mistake she has like no sympathy <laughs> whatsoever she's like she's like i'm leaving now but uh we're definitely enemies <laughs> yeah um next episode she actually gets invited to join to well she's nominated for joining the legion of doom so it's a big day for her. Yeah. We find out that like Lex Luthor was the person that nominated her. But it turns out he's only nominating her because he's nominating her and Ivy. And they've been after Ivy for a long time to try to get her to join. And she refuses because she's not a joiner. You know, she does not like people. Because Ivy's awesome. That's why. <laughs> and so Lex like heavily implies he's like, well, it's both or none of you so hmm, i don't know maybe you better join so your friend's happy yeah and uh harley doesn't know this but ivy finds out that they really just want ivy they don't really care about harley and they create a weird moment out of this at the end of the episode where ivy is like about to tell harley that like she should screw these guys because they're just like manipulating her to get to ivy Mm mm-hmm but then for some reason, at the very last second, even though Ivy never agrees to be in the Legion of Doom, Lex Luthor actually lets Harley join. And I don't think this ever gets explained. It's just kind of like a weird, it's a weird moment to create this kind of animosity between Harley and Ivy, where Ivy actually does tell Harley right before she gets in. And Harley thinks mm-hmm. like Ivy is just being like petty or like jealous or something because of it. Yeah. It's a little weird. I, they don't really explain it in, in the future, I don't think. I think it might have something to do with the fact that like Aquaman shows up because Harley had pissed him off earlier and um, shows up at this big nomination party. Right. And like Harley manages to like outsmart him and like defeat him at the party. And and they might be impressed by that. And that might be the thing that like he went, "Uh, sure, why not? Yeah, I guess maybe like politically he couldn't not let Harley in after everybody there had saw Harley likes not defeat Aquaman, but got rid of him, you know? Also, he probably enjoyed it that, like, he knew it would piss off the Joker because 
I feel like he would just like to be a dick to him too. Yeah. Yeah, we find out later, maybe it's like the very next episode, but we find out later that the Joker is kind of like, even amongst the villains, he's kind of like the bully that gets like everybody at the school to like do whatever he wants. Yeah, anytime he comes up with a proposal for a thing, everybody's just like, oh yeah, sure, go ahead, do that. We'll give you the money for that, sure. Yeah, but when Harley gets in, we'll just jump right in to the next episode. They have like a board meeting and Joker is like, I'm going to make a giant tower with a big television screen and my face will be on it. And yeah, I'm going to need like, like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Like billion dollars. A billion dollars. Yeah, like yeah. something insane. And everybody is like, oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then like, I think it's like Bane or something. <laughs> or right before this, Bane asked if he could have like a new office chair or something. <laughs> yes, the smallest thing. They're like, no, it's not in the budget, Bane. Yeah, Bane is super funny in the show. He's like super <laughs> comic relief. Like everybody like treats him like he's an idiot, even though he's actually not that dumb. Even though he like the way he talks makes it seem like he's dumb. Uh, it, Bane is great. He's a great part of the show. And he threatens to blow up anything that mildly <laughs> yeah. inconveniences him. Like if he were to bump into a desk and like injure himself a little bit, like I'm gonna blow you up, desk. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just great. He doesn't say blow up. It's, instead of saying like I'm gonna make it explode he said i'm a spl explode it or something <laughs> explode it. Yeah, yeah he does that a couple times explode yeah. it i'm gonna explode you <laughs> bane is yeah he's a hidden joy in this, this show <laughs> yeah so Andrew bane asks if he got an office share and everybody's like no joker asked for like a billion dollars to make a tower without any like evil plan to go along with it it's just like a cool thing he wants basically he wants to be on tv on the top of this tower yeah. and harley's like just take over the TV station like everybody else. Like, Yeah. And then Luther actually backs Harley up and then gets everybody to be like, oh, yeah, wait, why should we should you shouldn't just get a billion dollars without a real plan. <laughs> so the Joker is like a little. uh, Yeah, he's not happy that Harley is in here in the Legion of Doom now and is like getting in the way of his usual antics. But he tries to hide it and tries. He's like real fake nice to her. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'll take you out and like let's go get drinks and I'll teach you how things work around here. And she like actually wants that because apparently all of the minions get put in a minion pool and then like whoever can check them out for the day. So like Bane's trying to check out her crew to go do a thing and she doesn't know how to stop it. So she's like, oh, maybe I'll get advice from the Joker and it'll fix it. So she's like apprehensive about hanging out with him, but also like kind of needs the assistance right now. She agrees to meet Joker for like a dinner which Joker is going to, like, kind of manipulate and make it, like... Very date-like. Yeah, very date-like and kind of, like, reminisce about the good times they had together or whatever. And then they get into a situation where they're, where they're like, on a yacht again, and Batman shows up. It's, like, the exact same situation as episode one. But he takes her on the helicopter this time. So she's like, oh, maybe he has changed. But then, ten seconds later... He, like, kisses her in the helicopter and then pushes her out the helicopter so that Batman has to save Harley and he gets away, so. But in the meanwhile, like, her crew had to go with Bane and that whole shenanigan got messed up. So King Shark's injured and everybody's upset. And also she had promised Ivy she would go, like, take out this big factory with her that evening and she ditched those plans. But for whatever reason, this helicopter kiss ends up on TV so everybody knows what she ditched them for and now everybody's pissed. Yeah. Yeah, she she fucked up real bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of sympathy for Harley here. From me or her crew. <laughs> or Ivy, if you don't count her as the crew. 
for me a lot of sympathy the sadness when she like fell out of that helicopter like she actually hits the top of batman's bat plane or whatever and he's like "Mm, i'm sorry people don't change harley and she just slides off and like goes into the ocean and is the saddest i feel bad for her yeah she she needs to go through this sadness like she 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 shouldn't get she shouldn't really be getting sympathy from her crew on this i think yeah but i can feel bad for her (laughs) but yeah so the crew all quits and ivy goes off to destroy this factory by herself and gets captured gets captured oh no oh no i actually like this character i i don't (laughs) want anything to happen to ivy so the stakes have gotten real for you this is the only time you know like okay yeah this is this is drama that matters to me (laughs) you know (laughs) okay well we got we have to save ivy Mm -hmm. so the next episode is the ivy tries to escape that is false the next episode it's not did i skip one (laughs) Yes, Harley goes to visit her parents, and we get more sad backstory. Oh, really? Oh, I do have that. You hated? No, no, no. Like, oh, okay. Uh, no. But this was my guess for an episode that you hated. No, this was good because um, it was more like Harley backstory, like actually justifying why. Because, like, my opinion, like in those first four episodes, that was she was this like just straight up a bad guy and terrible, and then she throwing tantrums and smashing stuff but i want to see these like human moments that like led mm. up to her being so i i like this episode i just forgot about it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um she goes to visit her mom but then it turns out her like dad is back and she like really really hates her dad and they show this flashback of when she used to be a gymnast and i don't know if this was like collegiate or olympics or whatever it was but she was about to do her floor routine and it was like a big deal because she's like, if I nail this, then who knows what happens next? You know, like yeah. it was supposed to lead to a higher level. She was basically the favorite to win. Like she just had to land her routine, um, not even be like perfect, I don't even think. And she was going to win. But her dad is like an asshole who is always like involved with like the mob or whatever. Yeah, he always owes money to somebody. So he like need really needed money. So he bet a lot of money against Harley in the gym in the gymnastics final and then made her take a dive convinced her to throw it yeah and yeah this is a super sad moment i'll I'll agree with this at this point yeah and then there's also like a you see big parallels between like her parents relationship and her relationship with joker like her dad was like in jail before this right and like harley's like why are you taking him back like he's no good every bad things always happen when he comes back and she's like oh but he promised he'd change and you know it's fine and it's you see a lot of harley's relationship with joker in them yeah harley has like no high ground to stand on when it comes to this aspect because she's doing the exact same thing with joker yeah you're right except now she's not she's out of it she's not now but you know yeah she should be able to have more sympathy with the situation (laughs) or also maybe her mom should be able to take her advice better because she's been through it yeah but yeah so there's gonna be a couple like weird moments where they're like eating dinner and then, like, an assassin is going to, like, come in the, just, like, shoot a bullet through the window. And I don't know why. It always murders an elderly relative. The first In the first situation, it, like, kills her grandma <laughs> for yep. some reason. Even though the first shot that these assassins are going to get into the house the easiest should one. be the easiest shot to kill Harley. Which is what these assassins are here to do. They're here to kill Harley. And then the second time, their, like, granddad is going to show up. And he's going to get murdered by the next assassin that tries to kill Harley. <laughs> yep. But Harley thinks these assassins are like from the mob for her dad. But it turns out that they're not. They're actually here to get her. Yeah. Her dad is basically like tipped off the mob that 
Harley. There's there's a bounty out there for Harley for some reason. I forget who put the bounty out. Uh, it's Penguin's nephew. He put a oh, bounty yeah, out that's on her right. because she embarrassed him at her his bar mitzvah. <laughs> that's right. Like, I forgot about that. <laughs> what a bullshit man response. A woman embarrassed me and made me feel small. She must die. Like it's. Terrible. I mean, it's like a twelve year old kid in this scenario, but. <laughs> But you'd be surprised how that sticks with some people. Yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he uses like the Legion of Doom like credit card to like put out this million dollar bounty on Harley, which we find out because apparently Bane is in charge of finances, and he's like, "What is this, child? You can't do this." Bane is always in charge of like the funniest things of the Legion of Doom. Bane is great. Bane is so good at this. Um, but yeah, we're gonna find out that um. Her dad actually like tipped off the mob so that the mob could like get an assassin to go try to kill Harley and he would get like a, a certain a cut of the money. A yeah. cut of the money, yeah, basically. And Harley figures this out and even like her mom was like in on this. <laughs> Just, mm -hmm. Right? Like basically, yeah. again, this is like okay, Harley was Harley is like pretty bad to start this show. But then they just kind of like introduced these like worse and worse like terrible people and you're like okay okay slowly you're just like you're like okay well, Harley really isn't so bad because there's so many shitty people in this show and not just that like you feel so bad for her because like this is her family like this is what she was raised in nobody like really cares about her except for Ivy yeah I actually think this is like a really important episode in terms of like progressing mm -hmm. Harley for the show but yeah now Ivy's gonna try to escape <laughs> <laughs> next episode okay yes and we find out it's the scarecrow who has captured her yeah we find out the scarecrow and then there's supposed to be these like shenanigans with ivy where she, she like poisons don't work on her mm -hmm. but scarecrow like somehow like extracts her blood or something and blah 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 like is able to make it so that his his scare toxin actually works on her yeah, they, they, this got a little too like they could have just been like scare toxin works on Ivy, and I would have been like, okay, I would never have like been, I would never have questioned it. Well, that was there for the like kind of fans that you talked about in that other episode where they're just like, what? No, it needs to be right. Okay, maybe yeah, uh, but I have a note here. So like, uh, basically, like a seed or something is gonna like fly in the air vents and actually get the Ivy, and so she's able to like break. It's not big enough that she can like you know break herself out all the way but she's able to like get herself unstrapped and then she like grabs a gun this is like the kind of character that ivy is in the show like she uses the gun and then she talks about how like like her line is like i support common sense gun laws or something like that like she yeah. she feels bad that she's using a gun but she has to in this situation well it's great because it comes up like the guards are like oh don't worry it's just a, a little woman like we can take care of her like she's there's no plants we'll be able to you know get her again she's like yeah but i got hands they can use a gun and then she shoots them and then she's like i support the second amendment but also common sense gun laws yeah i yes I, yes, uh, yes i appreciate these, these <laughs> little things about ivy i really appreciate uh, yes throughout the show for me that part feels less like yes ivy said it but like that's more like just the show commentary like like the writers are just like this is how we feel about things like oh yeah it could have been anyone and they would have made, made them say it well, I, I don't think anybody but Ivy can really say that in the show. <laughs> That's fair. But uh, basically, like, the crew is still mad at Harley, but she goes to them and tries to apologize or whatever. And they're really not, they're really, like, not <laughs> into helping her until 
Frank just like comes into the conversation and is like, we need you. Harley, uh, Ivy's in trouble. <laughs> and they're like, why didn't you start with that? Why didn't you say Ivy was in trouble? We actually care about her. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I understand. I understand the crew's point of view on that. So they all get together just to save Ivy. Yeah. They've not actually forgiven Harley at all. Yeah, yeah. And then they're going to do another thing here since uh, they get there. They like break in and they get there. But Ivy's all messed up because of the scare toxin. I don't know why this is the objective, but they do the thing again with Dr. Psycho where they're going to enter Ivy's mind. Yeah, they have to find her biggest fear and fight it. For some reason, yeah, that's like the objective of the situation. And then her biggest fear turns out it's actually Harley. Yes. And they figure this out and they defeat Harley in her mind. Um, and Harley's a little like really upset by this yeah she's so confused and she wants to talk to ivy about it but like they're still in the middle of escaping from this whole situation (laughs) so then they're like they they escape and they're like driving and this is this is when cyborgman turns into like a transformer and it's like yeah it's pretty gross but the best part of this is that they have a big car chase on harley quinn the harley quinn highway and apparently they rebuilt this highway because she made some critical design choices so they're like loop-de-loops and ramps and a yeah. weapons cache and just it's ridiculous nonsense and it's super fun yeah it's like a mario kart track it's yes. like like if rainbow <laughs> road was like just above a city or something <laughs> yeah. but yeah they're chasing down the scarecrow has like trucks full of whatever crazy toxin he's made with ivy's pheromones and then then they fail to capture the last truck yeah but they're, they're gonna have they are gonna have their heart-to-heart talk together harley and ivy like on the trucks in like the middle of the chase. Yes, in the middle of this <laughs> intense car chase. Yeah, and Ivy is saying that her biggest fear is relying on people. And she, I guess, is afraid that Harley specifically, she's like trusting her, but she doesn't fully trust that she's reliable. She says so she feels like, oh, Harley might betray her someday or something like that. That's her biggest fear. She can't rely on her, which like she proved when she did not show up to help her destroy the factory exactly like harley has no leg to stand on in an argument about this yeah so yeah the last car in this chase is gonna like jump off the side of the track and land in the water and then they show like scarecrow's uh like sack or whatever that he wears on his head like float up to the water i was like is scarecrow dead now (laughs) not yet but he's not but uh basically the water is gonna get all the pheromone toxin into it and it creates like all the trees and what i guess is like the equivalent of gotham's like central park or whatever yeah they're all big scary tree monsters yeah they're like man-eating trees they're like (laughs) yeah and i feel like this was the first moment in the show where i was like oh like i feel like the action of this show might actually get interesting uh, because mostly this show is like the show is very like almost every line of the show has some level of comedy to it so every conversation has people jumping in saying a witty line and Mm -hmm. almost almost like marvel mcu style yeah the, the jokes per minute are are pretty high yes yeah. exactly yeah so we're getting we have giant man-eating trees at the end of this episode <laughs> okay then we go next episode and ivy can't control the trees anymore which is important yes because they've mutated yeah and we're gonna find out that scarecrow was working with the joker and the queen of fables so we're kind of getting oh no 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 scarecrow was got this plan was approved by the legion of doom so at the start of this episode, we're just pissed at the Legion of Doom. Okay. But Joker and the Queen of Fables are going to be involved in this plan. Well, yeah. So the Justice League comes in and starts fighting things and wants to blame everything on Harley and the crew. But then the Queen of Fables shows up and locks the Justice League in her book. 
because she's salty and also needs to get rid of the Justice League. And I was like, oh, this is spicy. Okay. Justice League out of commission in this show. Okay. Yeah. Like all the DC resources are available to the show. At sometimes you're like, you're like, okay, why isn't Batman here here to deal with whatever's happening in this scene? Or and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. the Justice League is in this show, right? Like what's going on? But then they actually do show up here, but then they just get sucked into the the, <laughs> the book. So the Justice League is just now gone. All the all yeah. the heroes that would sit that would usually help Gotham are just gone now. <laughs> from this point forward and then queen of fable sends like harley ivy and the crew up a beanstalk and there's of course a giant up there because why not and the only way to get down is that ivy has to call kite man to come and save them which means she has to admit that she's been dating kite man this whole time which everybody but harley knew because everyone else can pay attention and harley can't yeah harley's too self-obsessed at this point to deal with other people's problems yeah yeah, so that turns into a whole thing where Harley yep. was like, why, why are you dating this guy? She's like very confused about it all. And it just kind of continues the fight they've been sort of having. Like, you know, they talked about why Harley's her greatest fear, but it didn't really like resolve in a pleasant way, you know? Yeah. Oh, I want to say like, I, I mentioned how like, I, I don't really understand why Ivy likes Harley in the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, uh, she uses the word like love kind of like casually like saying like oh harley i love you kind of stuff like i don't know if like we're we're gonna get to later in the show when this becomes like it's like a little bit of foreshadowing i guess but they have that so they have that like weird thing with ivy towards harley in the beginning and then here is this is this supposed to be like oh harley is like jealous a little bit that ivy is dating somebody at this point or is this just like confusion as a friend what do you think i think there's there might be some jealousy happening but also just like a why wouldn't you tell me and also like really this guy like kite man kite man's great i don't know what her problem is (laughs) (laughs) harley has not seen kite man being great he's just that lame guy that she's seen a couple times so like yeah i I, there's like a couple levels of it i think okay yeah i i was curious like how planned out this show was like because we're still in season one right now, and then in season two, we're going to get into some love triangle shenanigans, which I am going to love. <laughs> but okay, let's finish up season one. We're almost done, I think. We're, we're, getting, we're getting there. Okay, yeah, so it, it's going to turn out this was all like a big plan with Scarecrow, Joker, and Queen of Fables. And Joker's like tower idea that he had earlier in the season is actually going to come to fruition where he's going to have this giant tower with a, a big TV screen and him on it comes out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, Harley like steals a police tank like she's going to blow up the Legion of Doom, but then it blows up before she even shoots it because it's like Joker's somehow secretly he built his big giant tower under the legion yeah 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 (laughs) and yeah so that's where we find out that joker and the the queen of fables have been like teamed up yeah because they have a common enemy in harley right now (laughs) um so ivy becomes huge to fight the trees because she like drinks some of the toxins. yeah that was weird she drank like her own pheromone toxin to become just a giant version of her own self <laughs> doesn't make any sense but okay it doesn't make sense but it's fun and you know she's fighting these trees and oh this was really she mostly sad. defeats them yeah but then like she she and ivy like are ivy and harley managed to like make up for a moment and then like right after that joker freaking harpoons ivy in the chest and she dies like it's awful yeah no well 
before that, I mean, that was sad when Ivy got harpooned, but I actually was sad because she had to like, she's an environmental person and she had to like kill these trees essentially. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was pretty like, like the trees had like gr- green blood for some reason or whatever. So they like made it a little gory, but I, I felt bad for Ivy that she had to kill these trees. Okay, but there was a funny moment where, like, she chops one in half and then, like, counts the rings. And she's like, oh, no, it was just a baby. Yeah, exactly. I know. That was sad. <laughs> but also funny. I guess. I think it's sad. It, it's definitely sad. But, like, the idea of chopping something in half and then counting its rings to figure out that it's just a baby. I don't know. It, it tickles me a little bit. Maybe I'm a monster. It's fine. Yeah. You're, you're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ivy's taken a big blow through the chest and dies so harley's gonna get pissed and she's like okay that's it i don't just hate the joker now i want him dead and um she like recruits like batman to help her i think is what happens here right she teams up with him she goes to the joker with her crew and she like has batman tied up but it's really clayface and so she's keeping him busy while batman is sneaking into the tower but um, it doesn't work out, and Joker catches everyone except for Harley. He's caught Batman, he's caught the whole crew, and Harley managed to get away. It, it was a spectacular disaster. Yes. Somewhere along the way, the Queen of Fables gets killed, though, or I, I forget when this happens. I'm pretty sure the Queen of Fables dies at some point in this, <laughs> in this final episode. Yeah, definitely, but I didn't write it down anywhere. I guess I didn't care. Yeah, I don't think we see the Queen of Fables after this, though. I don't think you have to worry about her. But yeah, Harley's going to do the the honorable thing, and she's going to convince Joker to trade the crew for her, because she knows the Joker really is. This is all about the Joker and Harley. And then the Joker is going to... Like, makes her put on her old costume, just to really, like, rub it in her face that she's she can't be her own person. And they have this moment where they're like pretending to be into each other again or whatever. And then they both stab each other because they're neither of them, you know, believe this lie that they're telling each other. Wait, when do we get the. Um... Oh, we missed a very important thing. <laughs> we find out Scarecrow actually isn't dead and he's going to be like in the Joker Tower at some point. And after they capture Batman and the crew, what happens here is like the Joker is like. He has Batman captured, and he has, like, Harley's crew captured, and he basically is, like, the king of Gotham, essentially, and he's starting to get bored. Mm-hmm. He has, just, like, Batman, like, tied up next to him, and he's just using, like, a taser to, like, shock Batman every, like, couple minutes, And he, but he's doing it in a very, like, non-enthusiastic way because he's so yeah. bored. Brings him no joy. And he keeps talking about, like, how they get, like, when he was with Harley, they, they'd call shenanigans, you know? So... Scarecrow's like, oh, you want shenanigans? Let's just take this mask off Batman and see who he is. So we unmask Batman in front of Joker. <laughs> yeah. And he's so pissed. Joker's so pissed off. He's like, now I know Batman is just some rich asshole with parental issues. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't you think if I wanted to know who he was, I would have done that already? <laughs> My favorite bit was when he's like, Wayne Tech promised an electric car in whatever year. I put down a deposit. Where's my goddamn electric car, Bruce? <laughs> Excellent. I just laughed. And then I think uh, this is when Joker like sprays acid out of like the flower on his jacket or whatever. And then and it Scarecrow's just, dead. And now Scarecrow's dead because his face just gets like melted. Or <laughs> yeah. Yep. The Scarecrow is actually dead now. A lot of big villains are going to die in this show at some point. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So Scarecrow's dead. We missed that. That was a, we had to go back for that. But yeah. So Harley trades herself for her crew, and then I forget what they talk about. But then eventually Joker decides like, oh, I created you, and I can take you away. So he like takes her to another like pool of acid. <laughs> in some I think factory. it might be the same pool of acid and the logic is acid gave you this personality and powers or whatever so if I throw you in the acid you're gonna go back to normal because you know that's that's how acid works right yeah <laughs> but um this time Harley is actually gonna get pushed in by Joker but as she's falling thankfully through the power of plants <laughs> basically <laughs> Ivy is like still like has managed to like regenerate since they like buried her and she mm-hmm. like comes back to life and basically saves them at the last second. Yep. And the Joker gets dropped in the acid instead. So Yeah. Ooh. And then meanwhile, like I think the Joker Tower is like self-destructing for reasons I forget. And Batman looks like he dies, saving Harley and Ivy by pushing them out of the way of some like rubble that's about to to fall down. Yes. And so this this season ends basically with Gotham's pretty much destroyed, but Harley and Ivy are okay. Yeah, because so the tower, Joker's tower is going to like blow up and fall down and it creates like a 9.1 on whatever scale earthquake <laughs> through Gotham. Yes. So like it doesn't just destroy Joker's tower, it's like everything in Gotham is like trashed now. So at the end of season 1, Gotham is like totally destroyed. But no Joker, no Legion of Doom, and also maybe no Batman. I think we get like the Joker's hand like bursting out of the rubble and like we, we hear his laugh, but then it like fades to like not a bleach skin color, but like a pale mm-hmm. skin color. So you get like, okay, Joker isn't, maybe Joker isn't dead and he's not the Joker anymore. And that's like kind of one of the cliffhangers for season one. Hi again, everyone. Thanks for listening to part one of our Harley Quinn catch up for season three premiere. I hope you enjoyed part one, and you can tune in to our next episode to hear part two of our Harley Quinn conversation. Okay, where can people contact us, Sarah, if they want to let us know any thoughts that they have about the show? You can email us at keepwatchingpod at gmail.com. That's keepwatchingpod. Uh, You can tweet at us at keepwatchingpod. You can Instagram at us at keepwatchingpod. Uh, or you can you leave a comment on YouTube at Keep Watching Pod. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.